Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's wild oil of oregano supports a variety of health benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. Future Farm sources this product from the Mediterranean and produces it in the United States. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I think you'll find today's podcast a very fascinating one because it really fills a niche that we haven't really touched upon uh, in a previous episode of Intelligent Medicine, and it has to do with kidney disease. You know, kidney disease is very pervasive in this country. Uh, It's often brought about by uh, diabetes and or hypertension. That's a particularly deadly combination. And so lots of people are suffering from failing kidneys, or some people have had entirely failed kidneys. Uh, they require dialysis, and they may require transplant. Uh, filling uh, this niche for us in terms of bringing a natural perspective to kidney disease is a unique practitioner. Uh, she's Dr. Jenna Henderson. She practices in Danbury, Connecticut, uh, at a practice entitled Holistic Kidney, and she focuses on supporting people with a wide variety of kidney problems. She herself is someone who's suffered from kidney problems, so it's been a learning experience for her. So without further ado, uh, here's Dr. Henderson. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. It's my pleasure. Okay, for, first of all, you know, your personal story is, is quite interesting. Can you share a little bit about how you got uh, interested in this? Well, I was 22 when I first started with kidney trouble, and I went the route of conventional medicine, and we just weren't getting where we wanted to go. Um, no matter what I tried, you know, things just seemed to get worse, and eventually they, they just told me, well, you're headed for dialysis. So at that point, I really had nothing to lose. What was so the condition branched- you were suffering from? Um, FSGS, focal segmental glomerular sclerosis. It's an autoimmune condition. Wait, and that's a mouthful. Let's see if I can say mm-hmm. focal segmental glomerulosclerosis. I get tie- yes. tongue tied around that word. So, for our listening audience, it, it, this is some form of autoimmune disorder. It's yes. not. Okay, and it results in progressive declines in kidney function. So how did you first notice there were problems? Did you go for a routine blood test and they said, uh-oh, something's wrong, or did you start feeling sick? I started putting on water weight like crazy. Mm-hmm. My ankles were swollen, my, my calves, my thighs, everywhere, just, just putting on water weight like like crazy. So, 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 and that's actually, that's an alarm sign, you know, for kidney problems. I mean, when you put on weight like that, it could be a number of things. It could be a heart problem, uh, so you have to get that checked out. 
but uh, especially when you put on weight like uh, under the like your, your weight under the eyes. I mean, uh, swelling under the eyes, like facial swelling. Uh, that's sometimes uh, indicate, indicative of a kidney problem. And then, of course, there's people with very severe thyroid problems that have whole body swelling. But So anyway, you went to a doctor, said your kidneys were not doing well. What tests revealed that? Protein in the urine. And mm -hmm. that's what we generally see with any type of inflammatory condition of the kidneys. Um, different types of um, inflammatory processes like IgA nephropathy or FSGS. Um, also, lupus nephritis will pre present in a very similar way. So I have a feeling that they wanted to put you on steroids. Yes. Am I right? Okay. Yes. Which could make the the swelling and the ballooning up even worse, right? Not a right. pleasant thing. <laughs> yes. And it didn't it didn't arrest the progress of the disease. And all the while it sounds like you were in doing your naturopathic studies at the University of Bridgeport. No, that came much later. I was actually already on dialysis when I did that. Okay, so you actually pursued a naturopathic career perhaps with a view towards understanding your condition better and maybe imparting that knowledge to patients. Yes, I set out to have a practice that was geared towards kidney patients and filling the gaps that, mm -hmm. you know, the questions that I was asking, um, I couldn't be the only one asking these questions. So these resources just weren't readily available for kidney patients. Well, it's fascinating because I've heard of naturopathic cardiologists and I've heard of naturopathic urologists and naturopathic mm -hmm. oncologists, you know, various subspecialties, you know, women's health issues and so on and so on, uh, prenatal issues. But you've carved yourself a niche that is really quite unique. I can't think of anybody else in the natural field who is doing what you do. Uh, do you There's know a that? handful of us. Okay. Uh, yeah, but we're, we're few and far between. Indeed, indeed. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, what uh, insights did your naturopathic training bring to the problem of uh, being on dialysis? Well, dialysis is a very unique situation and things that are good for general health, oftentimes not so good for dialysis. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one of the, the big things is restriction of potassium. Mm -hmm. and um, Which is in a lot of healthy foods, you know, like, you know, yeah. your, you know ju juicing, lots and lots of fruits and vegetables. Maybe the rules change when you have uh, kidney failure or dialysis. Right. And when you're on dialysis, you no longer want a low-protein diet. You actually want to make sure you get enough protein mm. so that you don't get into a muscle-wasting state. Mm -hmm. So the goal now is not preserving the kidneys because they're, they're already lost, but preserving the rest of your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think there are a lot of misunderstandings about uh, the, quote, renal diet. So let's start, you know, let's back up a little bit. And, you know, a patient comes to you with focal segmental glomerulonephritis, uh, you know, you uh, in a different guise. Uh, and, you know, how would you approach the problem of progressively worsening kidney function, more protein in the urine and increasing creatinine, perhaps uh, creatinine that's starting to cross the border, two, three, four, and so on. Is, is there a way of arresting uh, renal failure in some cases with the right kind of uh, diet and the right kind of uh, nutrients? 
Diet is part of it. And I get many patients who want to do this completely with diet. Mm -hmm. And um, I try to approach it from as many angles as possible, especially given that FSGS is um, really the worst type of kidney disease to have because it goes to kidney failure so frequently. But I use a combination of supplements, diet, and lifestyle changes to really approach this from as many angles as possible. Mm -hmm. So traditionally, hospital dietitians tell you to be on an ultra low protein diet if you've got kidney problems. So it is, you know, is it okay? And are there some potential downsides? Say if you have diabetes and you switch to a very low protein diet, but you're eating a lot of carbs. Right. And I think that's changing. I think now the recommendations are more towards moderate to low and not very low. Mm-hmm. You know, the body strives to keep our blood protein in homeostasis. So in this normal range, not too high, not too low. And if you don't get protein from your diet, your body will take protein out of your muscles. And muscle wasting is associated with poor long-term outcomes for kidney patients. So in the short term, it might make your labs look a little bit better, but it's not sustainable and you, you can't keep up this protein deprivation forever. Right. Yeah, and one of the things I say to patients uh, sometimes when comparing natural products to medications it says look natural products are not invariably safe but if you walk into a health food store and you you know randomly grab a bunch of bottles and incorporate them in your supplement regimen you're much less likely uh, to do yourself irrevocable harm than if you're on you know five or six different medications with the potential interactions and side effects but if you've got a kidney problem, the rules change, right, when right. it comes to supplements. So what are some of the supplements that you kind of have to be wary of if your kidneys are borderline in functioning? Well, oftentimes people will go for the diuretic herbs, um, you know, things like dandelion and juniper. And a diuretic is a stimulant. It's not doing anything to protect your kidneys. It's just giving them a kick to work harder. Um, and and di- dandelion and some of these other herbal diuretics are also very high in potassium. So um, oftentimes you go into a health food store and all things renal are grouped together, whether it's kidney stones, urinary tract infections, or chronic kidney disease. So you know these are different conditions, and you know different treatments would be appropriate. Mm-hmm. Well, so coming back to uh, the condition of autoimmunity. Uh, and there are many other conditions, autoimmune conditions that ultimately cause kidney failure. Uh, but yours was more just one. Uh, mm-hmm. are there supplements that can, uh, put the brakes on inflammation and autoimmunity? Yes, definitely. And after they do a course with prednisone, typically they'll put you on a harder immune suppressant like cyclosporin or mycophenolate. And these medications, the source in nature is from mushrooms. And we know in traditional Chinese Myco, medicine... Myco is mushroom. Yeah, I, I didn't even right. make that connection. Yeah, yeah, MMF, mycophenolate. And um, in China and Japan, they've been treating kidney inflammation directly with medicinal mushrooms for quite some time. Um, the reishi mushroom is very good. It can help with um, modulating the immune factors and, you know, normalizing the, the response um, that, you know, stirring up the immune system. And it also helps with the permeability of the kidneys. So the kidneys are leaking protein when they're inflamed. And mm-hmm. we 
don't want that. So we want the kidney membrane to be tighter and not allow this protein to leak through. So, um, yeah, so oftentimes I use medicinal mushrooms with patients. Interesting. Uh, are th specifically, in addition to the diuretics, are there any other nutrients that you may want to be wary of? I, I think one of them that I, I'm concerned about in kidney patients, such a beneficial nutrient, very hard to overdose if you have a normal kidney function, but problematic if you have kidney problems is magnesium, right? You have to be careful. Um, it's not really as dangerous as, as a lot Here's of people would believe. Okay. Um, yeah, potassium can be dangerous in high doses. Mm -hmm. um, magnesium, even with dialysis patients who have no renal clearance of magnesium, they found that supplementing magnesium can actually help reduce vascular calcification. Oh. So usually the worst thing that happens with magnesium is you get a little bit of a loose bowel, mm -hmm. but it's not dangerous in the same way potassium would be. Not damaging to the kidneys or that it could mount very high levels in the bloodstream. Um, well, you know, you can overdo anything, but yeah. it's um, not really that likely. Okay. Uh, what about you know, one of the supplements that I turn to in patients with uh, autoimmune kidney disease is uh, fish oil. Um, is fish oil appropriate for patients with this condition? Yes, and most of us get too many omega-6s in our diets and not enough omega-3s. So fish oil can help bring up the 3s and help get us to a better ratio. Um, I want patients to make sure they get an EPA-DHA blend, uh, not just the DHA. And we want to avoid krill oil mm -hmm. uh, because that's high in phospholipids, and oh, we don't okay. want a lot of phosphorus. Phosphorus, yes. That's interesting. Right. Yeah, they, they, they yeah, It actually delivers significant amounts of a, a mineral that can build up if the kidneys aren't working well. Interesting. Right, and cod liver oil is super high in vitamin A, which oftentimes runs high with people with either nephrotic syndrome or advanced kidney mm -hmm. disease. So you don't want to use that as your source of fish oil. You want right. purified fish oil. Um, another nutrient that even conventional doctors re uh, recognize as being important for renal patients is vitamin D, and so they even sometimes prescribe vitamin D. Can you speak to that? Yes, and like most things with the kidneys, we want balance. So we want the vitamin D within normal range, but on the lower side of normal. Um, vitamin D increases the absorption of phosphorus. So, um, you know, we don't want too high. We don't want too much of, of vitamin D. Hmm. Okay, interesting. So you really don't want a mega, mega dose. Uh, what about, you know, when your kidneys are really shot, uh, it's thought that you can't go through that transformation step to make uh, the active form of vitamin D, and therefore doctors prescribe something called Rocaltrol. Uh, is that something that you approve of, or do you think people should take ordinary health food store variety of vitamin D? Um, well, you know, even the less active forms do have some activity. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think either way, you know, we, we can get what we need, um, and, uh, you know, ideally we would get some sunlight, which, you know, Kidney patients don't transfer from sunlight quite as well, but there are, are still some benefits. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, you take care of all kinds of uh, kidney problems. Uh, what what are some of the main reasons why people end up with damaged kidneys? Is it uh, diabetes, hypertension? Is it the use of certain medications that damage the kidneys? What are you seeing? 
Well, most commonly it's diabetes. You know, that's overwhelmingly the number one reason people go to dialysis. Um, and hypertension would be number two. Um, I do Un see untreated, unchecked hypertension, perhaps. Right, but even you know, if if it's over a course of many decades, you can get this slow, insidious breakdown of the kidneys. So it doesn't even have to be completely out of control, but you know, just gradually over the years and sometimes over the decades. Mm -hmm. It's like an erosive effect. You know, it's just like yeah. the stress and strain of that. Just the hydraulic pressure on the kidneys can be a problem. Um, so. What about medications? I recall a woman who came to see me and she said, I'm on dialysis. And I, she said, can you give me a list of the nutrients that would be helpful for me? And I said, gee, how did you get on dialysis? And she said, well, I was simply taking ibuprofen and I was taking ibuprofen for, you know, aches and pains. I wasn't taking that much. She said she was taking about maybe four, sometimes six a day, day in, day out. And pretty soon she went into kidney failure, and it was thought that that was the cause of her problem. Do you, do you see that from time to time, certain medications having that effect? Yes. Yeah. Uh, lithium is another big one that I mm -hmm. often see. Yeah. For, for bipolar syndrome. Yeah. Right. So you can do yourself uh, harms. Uh, some studies suggest that you can raise your blood pressure because your kidneys aren't efficiently pumping out uh, fluids with even uh, moderate doses of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. That's true. Um, Tylenol is the least nephrotoxic of the over-the-counter painkillers, but even Tylenol can be toxic to the kidneys to some degree. Um, they actually found that garlic help, helps mitigate this effect. So if you need to take Tylenol, take some garlic with it to help protect your kidneys. Well, say you're on dialysis. I mean, you've got the past the point of no return. Uh, you now need uh, dialysis. Uh, there's some nutrients that may be beneficial because many patients with dialysis, they just feel exhausted. They just feel devitalized. Mm -hmm. And you sound extremely vivacious. You're on dialysis or you've had a transplant at this point? Uh, I had, well, I lost my kidneys 20 years ago, 1998. Um, I had a transplant that worked for a few years. Um, I knew someday I would return to dialysis. On average, most transplants last 10 to 12 years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes longer if you have a, a living, healthy donor. Um, but I was 32 when I had my kidney transplant, so I knew I would probably outlive the kidney right. and someday return to dialysis, which which I did. So what are some of the nutrients that uh, are supportive to energy but safe for the kidneys? Because we have to always add that caveat. You can't, the, the rules don't, all the rules don't apply. You can't take things willy-nilly if you are uh, on dialysis. Right. Um, yeah, so many of these nutrients are washed out in the process of dialysis. Zinc is a big one that's washed out. Also, the B vitamins and vitamin C, the water-soluble nutrients. So we need to make sure we replenish those. Um, High-dose coenzyme Q10, definitely mm -hmm. good yeah. for energy. I, I find that's very helpful for patients yeah. who are just wiped out from the dialysis process. Right. L-carnitine tartrate, very good tartrate or fumarate, uh, you know, very good for energy, astaxanthin, um, and also some of the adaptogen herbs can be good. What was the last one you said? Was, was it astaxanthin, did you say? Or? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, really interesting. Okay, because that's a, a, a nutrient that you can obtain from krill, which you said wasn't so good for you, but uh, separately astaxanthin. And why astaxanthin? It's an antioxidant or somehow Yeah, it's helpful. good for cellular energy. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so you can get algae sourced. Uh, doesn't 
you know, necessarily have to have, um, you know, those phospholipids. So do patients on uh, dialysis, can they just take an ordinary multi or do they have to take a special renal formulation? And is there such a formulation? Right. Well, typically the um, renal vitamins will be the, the vitamins that are washed out, the um, the Bs, C, and zinc. Um, you don't want to do all the same nutrients, um, certain nutrients like vitamin A that will tend to run high, and that's in most multivitamins. Mm-hmm. So are there, are there formulas that uh, you can point people to who have renal problems, or should they individualize their, their supplements? I mean, I'm talking about multivitamins. Okay. Um, well, I pretty much start with a, a good quality B complex, good methylated B. Mm-hmm. And kind of go from there, um, you know. And and usually it's it's not even in one particular. Usually I, I give people a you know a variety of of supplements to take, mm-hmm. you know, depending well, on what I see in their their blood work. Well, those are some of the the prime ones to take. Um, okay, so at this point I w- I'd like to pause because we divide our podcast into two parts. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Jenna Henderson. Uh, Dr. Henderson is the leading practitioner of holistic medicine for kidney health, and she has a practice in Danbury, Connecticut, uh, which is entitled Holistic Kidney. She's a naturopathic doctor, and she has a background also in terms of her own personal experience uh, addressing her own kidney problems. She's uh, undergone a transplant and uh, dialysis, and so she has personal insights as well as uh, academic knowledge. So when we return, we're going to talk more about various types of uh, kidney problems and uh, how patients with kidney disease uh, can stay healthy and optimize with diet uh, and natural approaches. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. 